The Word in the World. You're listening to The Word in the World podcast, a resource to help make the world around you make sense. Let's zone in and share with each other our knowledge, encouragement, wisdom, and understanding. This is The Word in the World. All right, welcome back to the Word in the World podcast, where we bring you topics, talk, and truth. Everything from the news to the New Testament. What's up? What's up? What's up, man? So Not much. We all continue with our Freedom Series. Yep. Uh, another amazing guest. Yeah, that I'm sure KT. you guys are going to love. Yeah, KT. Yes, uh, sir. Go ahead, Jay. Who is KT? KT, man. So we were at a Sea King session, which is uh, a men's group that we meet with uh, every other Tuesday in D.C. Hit us up if you have any questions and want to ever come out to one of those if you're a guy living in uh, the D.C. area. But, yeah, so we were at one of these sessions, and this dude walks in, you know what I'm saying, and he's, you know, he's full of energy. He's super happy to be in Christ. And then he starts talking about his testimony and, and how he ended up where he's at. And we were like, hold yeah, up. Like, yeah. it was so Amazing. unique. Yeah. You know, it was one of these one of these things that you just don't hear every single day. Um, right. And just, just a generally awesome dude. You know, he's a minister. Um, you, you may catch him ministering on the corner to the pimps and the players. Or you may catch him in the <laughs> church. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean. That's real. <laughs> his name is Kevin uh, KT. T we call him Kevin and yeah he's just he's just one of these guys man where you when you around him you like all right he's definitely anointed I need to get yeah, to know sure. more about him and and I want to just hear him talk honestly <laughs> you know I mean when he prays that's another thing about him like he prayed our group out that night that I met him and I was like I don't mm-hmm. think I've ever heard anybody even pray like that ever. before. Like yeah. it was so much energy and, and, and passion, huh? <laughs> I still haven't heard anybody pray like yeah, that. Yeah, it was yeah. just so so different, man. It'll give it'll give you chills just to hear mm-hmm. him pray. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, without further ado, Mr. KT, Kevin, what's good, man? <laughs> Welcome to the show. What's Welcome up, to the fellas? Show. What's up, fellas, man? It's first and foremost giving all glory and honor to God, man, who yeah. is mm-hmm. the head of our lives. Um, I'm happy yes. to be here, man. Yes, you sir. Know, I, I, I wish they could see us, man. I'm cheesing from <laughs> ear to ear, man. You know, I, I really I appreciate the uh, the opportunity. Yeah. Um, and, and more than anything, I really appreciate this fellowship time that we're able to um, help other people out, but yeah. also be served as well. That's you know? what's up. So yeah. definitely, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So uh, one of the things um, that I'll never forget is when you came in and you told your testimony and... Uh, I don't even want to go into the details yet sure. because I don't want to ruin it for our listeners. Sure. But like the story you told was it, it left an impact on my life because you talked about a life that most people dreamed of. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, like it's something most people aspire to. And like if they looked at you, they would be like, yo, I wish I wish I had that. Absolutely. Right? And so, you know, your testimony had to do with leaving that behind. Yes. And you feeling like what you left behind was like actually a bondage or yes, a burden, absolutely. you know, absolutely. a burden for you. You know what I'm saying? And you felt free after that. And you, you felt like leaving that stuff behind was actually better than having all of it. Yeah, yeah. So, absolutely. And so, you sure. know, Jason and I thought it would be dope to have you on the show just to talk about that story. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Um, we're going to take them back a little yeah, bit. Yeah, take them right? back. Absolutely. So, yeah, definitely don't want to start at the, you know, Absolutely. Yeah, the climax. Absolutely. <laughs> so you you originally, you grew up, like you said, as a baby in North Carolina. Yes. And then you came to what, PG County? Correct. So okay. uh, 
the vast majority of my family is in a small town called New Bern, North Carolina, okay. um, which was actually just affected by the hurricane Dang, uh, wow. not too long ago. Yeah, so um, we're from a small town called New Bern, North Carolina. I'd say population is maybe about maybe 10,000, wow. if that, which is mm. a pretty small town yeah. on the water. Um and my family migrated up here when I was about three years old to really kind of escape the South to get a better life. Okay. Um, you know, we come from very humble beginnings, but my mom, when she had me, she really wanted a better life. Now, the funny thing about it is she was escaping North Carolina um, or leaving poverty-stricken life to come up here. But as we know, usually when you try to run the enemy always catches up with you right. somehow some way yeah. right so what ended up happening is you know my mom she comes up here and she starts to get affiliated with the streets the drugs and different things like that mm-hmm. uh, so my upbringing was a little bit different than my brothers and my sisters in a sense um you know at the age of like 10 or 11 years old i'm seeing drug dealers coming in and out of the house wow. i'm seeing money and stuff like that so i got yeah. exposed to um as a man the want the need and the hunger to want to have money, mm-hmm. you know, even at 10 years old, you know, I wanted money. I wanted to be that guy who was in charge because I saw those types of guys in and out of my house all day. Mm-hmm. So at 10 years old, I uh, started taking trash out around my neighborhood. You know, I just have a knack for always being in business. And later on in life, I learned that that was an anointing that God gave me mm-hmm. that the that the enemy was really trying to destroy. Mm-hmm. So at a very young wow. age, I really kind of... Um, stumbled into i mean i call a spade a spade it was the love of money yeah at that yeah, time yeah. yeah you know it was the love of money i was young but i was money hungry wow. you know which okay. later on in later years um fast forward is what really brought me to the nightlife the music industry and the clubs and everything okay yeah. um you know i threw my first party when i was 20 years old Mm-hmm. Um, at Morgan State University, I was going to Morgan, graduated okay. Morgan in 2009. Um, but I really kind of got my first taste of what we would call, quote unquote, real money uh, when I was in college. Okay. You know, my first party, mm-hmm. me and my buddy, we made about seven grand, took away, you know, 3500 apiece wow. um, on a party. Yeah, that's crazy. So he college. introduced me to it. You know, yeah, in college, yeah. you know, the only time you really see 3500 bucks is on a refund check. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know? That's fair. Right? It's on a refund check, yeah. right? So um, he had introduced me. It was one of my uh, friends named Jeremy, mm-hmm. J-Rock at the time. Um, he had introduced me to what was called club money. That's mm-hmm. what we called it. We called it club money, you know, because we weren't into, you know, the streets or drugs or anything like that. Yeah. But at the same time, we were making just as much as those guys. So that's who we were affiliated with. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay. my first party was, uh, like I said, in college. My buddy, he taught me how to basically um, operate the clubs, which is as a promoter, you get 100% of the door and 20% of the bar. Now, these clubs wow, were usually, that. yeah, that's uh-huh. how it usually goes, 100% of the door, 20% of the bar, if wow. you know what you're doing. Okay, you know? okay. So that's how we were able to kind of make our money. You know, most of these clubs were having between 250 to maybe 500 people at a time. So what we did was we would go around the campus, promote, 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 promote. And this was before Facebook. Uh-huh. When Facebook came out, it changed the game, yeah. you know, but... Um, this was before Facebook, so we would, you know, use all our time, energy, effort, everything to ultimately bring people over to the clubs mm. and reap the financial benefits of it. Mm. So, fast forward a little bit, um, I graduate, mm-hmm. and I think when I graduated, that was the turning point. 
mm-hmm. in my life because I took everything that I learned in Baltimore where I'm really not from. So I really didn't have a major fan base, if you would call it, um, in Baltimore, really, because most of my friends, my family members and everything, yeah. uh, most of the people that supported me were on this side of the Beltway. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So when I came home, mm-hmm. things really changed. And what I mean by things really changed, I went from... But let me let me slow you yeah, down a little bit. I'm sorry. At this, at this point, were you... Like, did you grow up in church? Did you have like a relationship yes. with yes. God? Yes, okay. absolutely. So, huh. and, and I'm yeah, sorry, I didn't, question. I didn't, I didn't touch on that. But um, I grew up in church. Okay. I mean, uh, let my mom tell uh, you, I was doing church at four and five years old, praying. Yeah. You know, fake preaching. You know, in the house, running <laughs> around. The Lord said this. The Lord, I mean, young. Wow. Yeah. So. Uh. And I'll never forget this. Uh, God rest her soul. There was a young um, lady at the time. Uh, her name was uh, Reverend Whitney. Mm-hmm. And I was going to Pennsylvania Avenue Baptist Church at this time. I grew mm-hmm. up in Pennsylvania Avenue Baptist Church. Um, as I got older, I matriculated over to Lighthouse, where I currently am, under Pastor Michelle Arleek. I'm sorry, I'm a promoter. Shameless plug. Good. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I grew up in church. I knew the word. I knew the word. The word was in me. Even mm-hmm. as, a young, as a young child, I felt the spirit of the Lord. Mm. You know, I would pray and I would hear him. Um, but as I got older, I strayed away from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and there was no, honestly, I don't believe that there was a particular reason other than me chasing money. Mm. Wow. Because okay. I didn't, I didn't have church hurt. I didn't, I wasn't so um, engulfed in the, um, you know, religious repetition that most children are forced to do because okay your mom goes to church so you in church sunday you in bible study monday you in choir rehearsal tuesday it wasn't like that it was just church was a part of our life okay so as i got older i just made decisions on my own and by me being in college yes i could have got up and went to church on sunday but i chose not to right 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 so yeah Mm. but i grew up in church okay okay i just wanted to because sometimes it's like uh I didn't know if you had a relationship and you were like, you know what, God, like, I'm, I'm going to get this money. Let me, let me, like, were you aware of, like, you Absolutely. know what I'm saying? The okay. whole time. The whole time. Okay. Um, and that's why I connect so much with the prodigal son. Yeah. You know, I connect with that story because I knew what I was doing. Oh, wow. You know, okay. I knew what I was doing. Yeah. Every night I prayed to God. Yeah. Every night. Wow. Every night I prayed to God. Every night I asked him to forgive my sins. But... I wasn't walking in the anointing that the lady told me that I had at 12 years old. Wow. Wow. It scared okay. me. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. You gotcha. know, she said, you know, one day you're going to be a great man of God. Mm. And at 12 years old, I was like, she don't know me. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that was really my first time actually having a prophetic experience mm. at 12 years old. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I don't, at that time, I wasn't in a position to really receive it. You know, and throughout the years during that time, God would send me signs and different things like that. But like I said, me being young mm-hmm. and really wanting to kind of blaze my own path, yeah. I chose that, but still held on to the principles that I knew. So at night, you know, I would be out all day promoting bodies yeah. all day, all night. Yeah. Get on my knees at night. God, please forgive me. For my <laughs> I'm counting this money up. I'm doing all my vices and superfluities and things like that. But wow. I, 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 I've always had a relationship. See, with that adds God. like an entirely different element to the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I'm thinking like, all right, you know, you were raised because I know me like I yeah. was raised in church, yeah. you know, kind of, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. then like I 
wasn't thinking about yeah. God again. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Until I got into my like twenties and stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even though I had several encounters and experiences yeah. that would be attributed to him, I still didn't really acknowledge him yeah. like that until much later. Yeah. yeah. I always I always acknowledged God. Wow. You know, okay. I always and and to be honest, I think that my relationship with God has always been like that. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is it's like I knew I was different, mm-hmm. right? And I knew that God had a call on my life, but I didn't know the, um, I would say I didn't know the extent of it. Yeah, you know, yeah. I didn't know the the need for it. You know, mm-hmm. once once God really gets to working on you, yeah. you mm-hmm. understand the need for your anointing as it is attached to not only you, but the generations that are around you, right, those right. are around yeah, you. Yeah. At that particular point in my life, I was really just living for self. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, I was like, God, I know you. I know I'm saved because I've been baptized and I accepted you as my personal Lord and Savior. Yeah. Yeah. But this is how I'm living my life right now. Wow. You huh. know? That's so interesting. Um, yeah. And it's so crazy because, like I said, I knew the word. Yeah, I knew the word, and if somebody caught me offhand and they wanted to have a conversation about God, I could go there with them. Wow! But ultimately, I was—I thank God for not allowing me to have a what's what's called in the Bible a reprobate mind. Yeah, because yeah. you know you can get stuck there, right? You mm-hmm. know, and and there's no way out mm-hmm. unless you open your mouth and you say, "God, you yeah. know, I need you to." What's, to fix what's this. so explain what that is? So reprobate mind is a is, is basically your mind has been made up. And your mind has been made up that you're going to do what you want to do when you want to do it. Okay. And God is the type of guy where he's not going to force mm. anything mm. on you. Yeah. yeah. You know, he'll let you veer off and do what you want to do. Yeah. You know, I think that's Romans one where it says like he, he gave them over to their yeah. wicked ways. Yes, like, absolutely. Right, absolutely. Choose this day mm-hmm. whom you will serve, mm-hmm. wow. you know? And unfortunately the society that we live in, man, people, want that instant gratification, yeah. you know? And to be honest, I felt like when I graduated from college and came home, yeah, take I was afforded mm-hmm. instant gratification, you know? And yeah. I was afforded instant gratification from the enemy because it was like I went from, you know, doing $3,500 parties mm-hmm. in a week to seeing $100,000 on the table one night, wow. you know? Um, wow. Even one of our brothers who um, wow. we can I'm connected with in, in C. Kings, Sheldon, we made $13,000 in his friend's backyard mm-hmm. doing a cookout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a regular night. Yeah. You know? Nice. Um, yeah, man. All so, right. So nice. hold up. So <laughs> you you graduate yes. because well, uh, this may just sound like we're just, he's just talking about throwing parties, but like he, he was involved in like a big uh, strip club. Oh, yeah. Here. Absolutely. So absolutely. take us like you, you graduate, sure. you're throwing these parties. Yep. And then, like, all of a sudden, you are, like, an executive yes. at the biggest strip club in D.C. stadium. Yeah. So, um, I was throwing parties, um, was doing a little bit of the music management things um, and stuff like that. And, and what really happened um, is we started to create a buzz. Um, mind you, we were, some of us were under 21. Some of us were, you know, between the age of 23 and 24. Um, I was one of the youngest guys who had really kind of a professional approach um, to promoting and doing the nightlife and things like that. So as I began to matriculate after I graduated from college, I wasn't really moving um, how most of the promoters were moving. Mm. You know, I came in, I said, hey, listen, you know, I have a following. I have contracts. I have a degree. I need 100% of the door and 20% of the bar. And these 
owners are looking at me like, who is this guy? You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, I respect him. You know, numbers don't lie. I'm coming in with my numbers, my bar tabs, everything. Once again, mind you, I'm not even 25 yet, but yeah. I'm telling you what I can do for your establishment. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, wow. a lot of club owners, they, they, they let me in. We were doing parties. And then I stumbled across this gentleman named James Truett Redding, um, who was the uh, owner of Stadium. His best friend, Aaron, came to one of the functions that I was throwing for an artist that I was managing at the time because music and the clubs were going hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So I was managing an artist. Uh, Aaron came in and he said, hey, man, have you ever been to stadium before? I was like, yeah, I heard about it, but I don't really do strip clubs like that. Like, yeah. I never was a strip club guy. Never. Like, that was never my thing. Like, mm-hmm. I just was never. I never went to the strip club. Like, ever. I always just threw parties, got girls and different things like that, but never went the strip club route. Yeah. So he said, hey, you know, I want you to come over, take a look at my guy's club stadium, and I want you to tell me what you can do. So at that time, not too many people really knew about Stadium Mm -hmm. like that. You know, it was one of those things with most things in D.C. When something first comes out and it's trendy, you only know if you know. You know, Mm -hmm. when when you're moving in those type of circles and, you know, a new spot opens, the first couple months that, that, that spot really makes its money off of it, the who's who coming into that establishment so that's really kind of i really literally met stadium in its infancy so when i get there you know it's a strip club and i'm just like man i don't do strip clubs it was a nice place you know restaurant and everything i was like i don't do strip clubs so i went out of town went to la thought about it and they called me up made me an offer that i couldn't refuse Mm -hmm. um you know they said listen we'll pay you fifty two thousand dollars salary which Mm -hmm. is a thousand dollars a week you know 1099 they said we'll give you 1099 you know we'll pay you a thousand dollars a week plus we'll give you a night Mm -hmm. so meaning was that you you know so so that means that my salary my base salary was 52 grand a year you know, once again, a thousand dollars per week, uh-huh. and then I had a, a opportunity to basically do hundred percent of the door, twenty percent of the bar on one of the nights at the club. So mm-hmm. you figure I'm getting my salary plus whatever we make at the party. Yeah. So I mean, before twenty five, six figures a year was nothing to me. Wait, mm-hmm. so when you say a hundred percent of the door, you're mm-hmm. saying that like if I come in and I pay twenty dollars, all that goes to correct. You. So prime That's example, crazy. you say. 500 people in this venue just to do simple math we say it's 500 people in this venue at 20 dollars a head that's 10 grand Mm. right but we all know you upsell so there are nights when people are paying a hundred dollars to get in yeah you know some people paying 40 dollars to get in right and mind you i'm also now the marketing director of this club so my sole job is to make this the best venue right in DC to come to. Mm-hmm. And I had a budget that was given to me of at that time it was two hundred and seventy five thousand. Wow. So two hundred and seventy five thousand dollars to do all of the marketing, all of the promoting, uh-huh. all of the campaigns, social media, street team, everything. Mm-hmm. So we took that place from at that time just being a strip club, you know, to being the biggest strip club on the East Coast. Yeah. You know, we had Drake coming through, all types of different celebrities and different things like that. And I'm the person that they have to come see. Mm-hmm. I'm the person sending the contracts. I'm the person talking to the booking agents. I'm the person making sure that when their flight lands and they get to their hotel, that their arrangements are there at the hotel. So wow. literally, yeah, and I hate to that. say this, but it was like I was the plug for that stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. For this particular venue mm-hmm. and everything that came in and out of that I had my hand on it. You know, yeah. I was right, like literally, I worked for the owner. Yeah. Not the establishment, 
but the owner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So at that time, wow. being so young yeah. and given that much power in the city, honestly, I thank God that I really didn't understand at that time how much power I really had. I wow. walked in it. Yeah. You know, I, t- I got the money, but I thank God that had I been even more in tune with Who, how much power I really, yeah, really had, right. mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't be saved right now. Yeah. And I'm going to just be honest, you yeah. know, and I, and I, and I attribute that really to my early beginnings, because as we know, when you train up a child in a way that it should go, when you get older, mm-hmm. he doesn't he will not from right, from right. Wow. So what ended up happening to me was I was 10 toes into the nightlife industry and the entertainment industry. I mean, once when when stadium opened it, its doors to me it was like everybody opened their doors to me mm. there was no club in dc that i couldn't get into i couldn't get access to there was no club in really the tri-state area at this point that i couldn't get access to because everybody was hearing about stadium mm. i took all of my collegiate experience and everything that i had and i poured it into this place so i mean we're doing marketing campaigns we're booking celebrities we're going to these different conventions they sent me out to vegas to the uh you know to like a strip club convention out in vegas <laughs> so i'm out in vegas marketing strip you know yeah convention. yeah man it was i mean it was crazy like wow. i said this was a life that a lifestyle that i had never dived into yeah you know i mean it was just about the money and the parties for me but as i got deeper involved into it and before i made my exit i saw that it was really 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 um not only a trick of the enemy but really a trap yeah Mm. yeah okay yeah sheesh yeah yeah and i mean literally we're we're i'm side by side to some of the same celebrities that are still on the radio today, you know, your mm-hmm. Nicki Minaj's, your Two Chains, you know, your Yo Gotti's, different things like like I'm dealing with these people on a first name basis. Like I don't have the phone anymore, uh, but I mean, literally, I had these people's direct contact, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. to the point where it's like my friends and they friends are hanging out, my friends and they wow. friends following each other on Instagram yeah. and twitter and and different things like that so Mm -hmm. it was was like i was involved in the life and it's and it's crazy because it's like people in our age range that are not saved they want that lifestyle they want they want the clothes the 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 money the cars all like i had all that stuff right but i always say what it says in the bible what profit a man to gain the whole world if he loses his soul Mm -hmm. And it doesn't necessarily mean you out here, you made a deal with the devil and you sold your soul or you lost your soul. But everything that you do has a price tag on it. Mm -hmm. As we know, with every action, there's a reaction. So if you're chasing the money so much that you can't even hear God's voice or acknowledge his presence around you, then you're putting that thing before God and that's called idol worship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's where I found myself. Because here I am, a child of God. I grew up in the church. I know I'm anointed. I'm 32 years old now. I still remember that day at 12 when the lady told me that one day you're going to be an anointed man of God. Yeah. 12. This lady has passed on. Mm. But I remember that day, Mm -hmm. you know. And being in those places, seeing those things, it never changed me. And what I mean by it didn't change me, I still knew who God was. Yeah. I still was praying to God, but 
I was falling victim to the environment that I allowed myself to be in, much mm-hmm. like the prodigal son. That's what I was wondering is like, what is going through your mind? Like, like I can't imagine sitting in a place being surrounded by that type of atmosphere. Literally in And having this struggle, this constant struggle. Was it like a struggle in your absolutely. mind? Absolutely. Absolutely. Every, every day. Every day. And one of my first sermons was identity crisis. And that's mm-hmm. what I was going through. I was going through an identity crisis because I knew what to do. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't doing it because I was given such an enormous opportunity that it was almost like I put the word in the back of my head. Yeah. yeah. Did you, you ever know? like justify, you know, like try to like justify yourself? Like, mm-hmm. well, you know, I'm just, it's just money. This is or, just for now. Yeah. This this is, just I'm not going to be doing this for a long time. This is just for now. But now I'm turning into five years, yeah. six years, yeah. seven yeah. years in. Yeah. You know? that, and when you say like it's a trap of the enemy. I'm thinking like at 25, bro, if you're in any strip club, let alone like the strip club that all the strippers want to come to and work at, you know, and it's like, I can't imagine how, how you could even like, uh, like that temptation is so powerful. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you. How do you even like at twenty five? Yeah, I'm I'm like I'm gonna tell you what's so amazing about God. That's God. Even when you are where you're not supposed to be, yeah, people will recognize your anointing. Mm. There were so many people, believe it or not, there were so many people that I came across in that club that would look at me and like, "Why? What are you doing here? Yeah, what? You're not supposed to be here. Wow. And mind you, I'm the guy that brought Brought you here. (laughs) Yeah, you know, but but they're looking at me like. (laughs) not supposed to be here bro like you better than this and at the time i thought that maybe they were saying like you need to go and get your own club or maybe you don't need to be in a strip club maybe you need to be instead of working (laughs) yeah maybe you need to more work for mark barnes or something like you don't need to be over here (laughs) with these strippers but no they were Mm. speaking to my inner man but my spiritual blinders were still on yeah so i didn't really understand what they were saying or what they were seeing but now looking back at it it's like even in a dark place, oh man, your anointing, yes sir, will still shine, yes sir, no matter what. And that's what I love about God because it's like even then, when I was once again like the prodigal son, I was with the pigs, man. Yeah, like mm. I mean, women taking their clothes off. Drugs. I wanted to get into that. Like, why? Why even are we saying? Why are we? looking at the strip club at this place of darkness and mm-hmm. like what what is what is it's about very, it it's a very empty place and i'll say um from experience um very empty place because you have to remember something kind of even just going back as a as a, a woman's body is the most sacred thing that she has outside of her soul mm. because when she gets married she gives her body to her husband right right wow but you have a woman basically working for tips to yeah. take her clothes off. Yeah. Right? Wow. And in working for tips, you are now seducing men yeah. to give you their money because you're taking your clothes off. Right. And mm. I'm marketing this. Yeah. So I'm yeah. marketing the seduction of my patrons to come to this place to see these women, but to also be drunk. So now you have this sensual spirit going on mm. while you're drunk. So this entire place, everybody is walking around with their souls open to mm. any spirits that are coming in and out of mm. this place. My goodness. And you got to mm. remember, this is Man. a strip club. So you got thugs, hustlers, pimps, nerds, whoever you want 
coming in and out of this place with their spirits. Yeah. So on any given night, this place holds 500. You got 500 wow. spirits mm-hmm. in this place. Exposed. Exposed. Wow. And I'm, I'm in there with my little save self playing around. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So... Like uh, I said, and man. it's like you attempt you you were in a place where it's like wow. you know husbands are being tempted to cheat on their wives and yeah it's like, all kind of all the, 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 the ramifications yeah that's what I was thinking all like, of that as you're my talking fingertips. like I, it, the the scripture came to my mind of it says like woe to any man who tempts people to sin yes sir. Yeah. like it'd be better for that man to have a millstone tied around his neck or something like that mm-hmm. yes sunk to the bottom of the ocean I'm mm-hmm. like yes. than to tempt one of these little ones yeah yes. I'm just like thinking yes. like wow yes and 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 Towards the exit of my career in the nightlife, that was the burden I started to deal with. Mm. Believe it or not, it wasn't even my own spiritual infidelity. It was the fact that I was bringing my friends and my family members here to get drunk. Mm. Is what the the battle that I was dealing with at first. Ah, oh, okay. You yeah. know, it wasn't even my emptiness because my emptiness really hadn't registered and hadn't taken over me until. I was really ready to get out of there. Okay. Right? So I had started to deal with the fact that everybody in my phone book, family on down, became a dollar figure. Ooh. Hmm. Because even if I let you in the club free, you still going to go to the bar. Yeah. Yeah. And if you go to the bar, I just made money. Mm-hmm. Wow. And if you go to the bar, you're not going to go to the bar just one time. You're going to go two, three, four, before you know it, you're drunk. Yeah. yeah. You leave this place and get into an accident, I felt like it's my fault. Yeah. Okay. And it's my fault because you wouldn't have came here had I not invited you. Right. Mm-hmm. Had I not been marketing it. Had I not made it look cool. Had I not, you know, made it look pleasurable to be here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for me, I started wrestling with the fact that mm. I'm I have a platform that if I say 2127 Queens Chapel Road, be there tonight, people are coming. Mm-hmm. If I say 1500 H Street is where we're going to be at tonight, people are coming. Mm-hmm. If I say we on 228, people coming. Man. So I started to see at the exit of my career how much power I really had. Hence mm-hmm. why I said what I said before. I'm glad I really didn't, didn't realize how much influence I had Man. because Influence is power. Mm-hmm. And when you put power in the wrong person's hands, mm-hmm. it could be catastrophic. Yeah. But the anointing that was inside of me kept me mm. from developing that reprobate mind and that big head. Because at 25, 26 years old, you're one of the most prominent people in your city as yeah. far as the nightlight goes, man. It could be catastrophic. Yeah. But once God puts his hands on you, his will be done. Yes, I'm telling sir. you, man. Man. Yeah, All man. Right. So you're you reached that point of like uh you know realizing like hey man I may be doing some damage or some collateral damage to people around me. Mm-hmm. But I remember when you when we met you there was this you you gave us like this one particular night. Mm-hmm. Can we can we talk about that right now? You want to get into that now or Marcus you feel like it's I guess I, what I want to know first is like what would you say the peak of all this was because I, I figured there were, there was constant elevation, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, you're moving, quickly. you know, more and more to the top of this mm-hmm. this uh, game, I mm-hmm. guess, right? Mm-hmm. What would you say the peak of it all looked like? So at my at my peak in that particular time, 
it's funny. Really at my peak was when me and Sheldon linked back up. Mm. You know, um, because at that time I had been doing a lot of the promoting and pushing and everything by myself. Like I was a one man show. Okay. You know, um, yeah. because I've always been that type of guy. Like I told y'all, I never play sports. I don't play sports. You won't catch me on the court. But I know everybody on the court. Okay. So I was always one of those guys that knew everybody. Everybody knew me from even if not having the parties, having something. Like mm-hmm. I've always just been that guy in tune, with, whether it's shoes, clothes, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, so when the parties came along, everybody gravitated to that because now I really had a product to offer before mm. it was you know i got to connect on the shoes connect on the clothes but when it came to the parties i actually had a breathing moving functioning product mm. that i could actually offer so at my peak man um we were doing concerts you know we we had stadium but i mean anything hot in dc we had our hands on mm. so i met sheldon well, not met Sheldon, but we linked back up because I've known Sheldon since we were about ten years old. Mm-hmm. So um, we ring, we 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 linked back up um, at a uh, happy hour, and Sheldon was like, "Yo, I got a team, you know, we doing, you know, we kind of promoting, we want to do a little something." I'm like, "Really?" I'm like, "Okay, all right, man. Well, you know, we'll set up a meeting, we'll sit down, and we'll talk." Because at that time, like, I'm I'm at my peak, so it's like now I have to expand. I need a team mm-hmm. because I want to do more than one party on one night. I yeah. can't just be at in in order to really be on top of my game. Like how I'm looking at you know all these other big guys um, doing things in other states because the same way uh, athletes coming up look at other athletes and they're like this is how i want to be mm. i was looking at other promoters in other cities doing it big and that's how i wanted to be wow. you know in particular i was yeah. looking at some guys in miami who um they called the headliner group and they were doing like live on sunday had a party on saturday party on monday you know so i kind of wanted to spread my wings like that so uh relinked up with sheldon met his crew maybe two weeks later we did like um the chick from Love and Hip Hop, Jocelyn Hernandez. We mm. brought her into DC and we did like a day party, you know, um, that went well. And then from there, we just, we really took off at that point mm. because he added a component um, where it was, uh, he's two years younger than me. Uh-huh. So his crowd was more like the crowd that's just going to come in, you know, before it really get popping uh-huh. and, uh, you know, ring the bar up. You okay. know, they're they going to come early. They're going to stay, but they're yeah. going to come early. So that's kind of like your filler crowd. Okay. I had the table clientele, wow. the big boys that's going to come in, they'll do the tables, everything else like that. And then we just kind of blended it all together. Okay. You know, and because <laughs> this is my guy, I'm not going to cut him short on, you know, any money. It's like, look, these are all our people. So we just going to split this thing 50-50. So we started making money. I got, I was able to get them on payroll. So now the club is paying Sheldon and his guys $1,000 a week <laughs> to go and hand out flyers. Wow. So we're handing out flyers. You know, we're doing the parties and everything like that. Then we started doing parties on our own, which brings us to this uh, cookout that we threw over on 228. That's how I know what 228 is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, do, we threw a, a huge cookout. I mean... To the point where the police had to come in and shut us down. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard about it. Yeah, I we. I mean, a huge, yeah. huge <laughs> cookout. Like it, it had to be anywhere between five hundred to eight hundred people out there, easy on a half acre land. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, man. And uh, we made, like I said, we made like thirteen grand that night. Okay. But when we linked up, it wasn't shortly after. 
I was on my way out. Okay. Um, and the instance that I was talking about, man, I was in the, I was in the, uh, the, the, the club one night. I was sober, which Where usually you, I was never. I was in, asked. I was in stadium. Okay. Yep. I was in stadium. Um, I can't remember. I think it was a Saturday night, which is usually like one of the uh, more busier nights mm-hmm. um, where you see a lot of traffic. So I'm in there. And as I'm in there, it's like the party is unusually just live. I mean, it's just, it's people everywhere, tables everywhere. Like, it's a sold out night. So I'm sitting there and I'm looking into the crowd. But as I'm looking into the crowd, my back is up against the wall. And I was just like, man, I wonder if I'm the only one in here searching for my soul. Whoa. Because I feel empty. Wow. Like, I'm making all this money. Everybody knows me from up top on down. Mm-hmm. But I'm empty. Like I felt it. Like I felt empty. And I'm just like, what is this? Mm-hmm. Like I'm like I've gotten everything that I that I wanted because this was a dream of mine. This was a goal of mine. Like when I first started my company, Fresh Entertainment, that was my my goal was to manage a nightclub. Yeah. So really, in my mm-hmm. mind, I had made it to the league. Right. Mm-hmm. I made it to the league. Yeah. I was hand in hand with the owners. Hand in hand with the celebrities, you know, getting mm. shout outs and songs. And when they coming in town, the whole nine yards before 30. Wow. But I'm like, I'm empty. Mm-hmm. And when you say empty, like, can you elaborate on that? Sure. A little bit? Like, I mean, anytime mean that you've empty? ever felt the presence and the spirit of the Lord over you, you know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. You know what it feels like when God is with you. Mm-hmm. And at that point, then that, and at that moment in time, I felt like God wasn't with me. Wow. Okay. okay, I know His hand is on me. Yeah, but I didn't feel no Shekinah glory. Mm. Mm. I didn't feel no Shalom or Shalom. Mm. I didn't feel any of that. Mm. I just felt like a vessel, mm. and I'm just walking around with a couple thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. That's it. Wow. And it broke me. Wow. And it broke me because. I'm like, how did I get here? Yeah. Oof. How did I get here? Yeah. Once again, which is why I identify so much with that prodigal son, because mm-hmm. it's like, you know you're a king's kid. Mm. <laughs> Jeez. You know you're a king's kid. I told you early mm-hmm. you were mine. Mm-hmm. But you chose to go after the vices of the flesh, mm. which is why I not so much empathize with people, but... I don't pass judgment on anybody when it comes to matters of the flesh. Yeah. Because it's it's bigger than just you choosing to do wrong. Like mm-hmm. I literally knew what was right. Yeah. Literally. I didn't stray away from the church. I didn't have no church hurt. I just chose to do otherwise. Yeah. I wasn't mad at God. I wasn't upset. I wasn't confused mm-hmm. about who he was mm. or anything. Wow. I just made my own decisions. Wow. And in making my own decisions, it landed me in a place where I looked up and I'm just like, how did I get here? Yeah. So what was the rest of that like night like or like the next day? You know, like what's going through your mind? So the next day I quit. Mm. Yeah. And, and that's how you know. And for me, that's how I knew that God was calling me because the very next day I quit. So I was in, I was laying next to my girlfriend at the time. She's my wife now. Mm. And it was, God spoke to me. And he spoke to me in a manner that it called me, caused me to get out of my bed. Like he said, mm. literally, 
because at that point in time, because I was I had traveled so far away from what I knew, I almost felt like my life was worthless. Mm. I'm gonna just be honest with wow. you. And at that point in time, the enemy tried to creep in with suicidal thoughts. Mm. Mm-hmm. He tried to creep in with you'll never be able to get back because you've you've gone so far away wow. that God is not going to accept you. Wow. So you might as well just throw in a towel now, meaning wow. get like kill yourself. Yeah. You know? And I rose up because it was so overbearing. Like I'm talking really physically, overbearing. Yeah. Physically overbearing. Like I felt like I had to shake myself off. Wow. So I'm laying next to my wife and tears are running down my face. Yeah. Because all this is going on internally. Like I'm literally feeling overwhelmed. I'm I'm feeling empty. I feel like I I made I feel like I made a deal with the devil. Mm-hmm. I really felt like that because mm. it's like I traded what I knew yeah. for riches. Yeah. Riches that for years I had been making plans to get. I wanted, I wanted, I wanted, I wanted, I wanted. And to finally get it and know that it means nothing. Mm-hmm. It means nothing. Mm-hmm. That's devastating. Listen, yeah. so yeah. I get up and I'm like, yo, what's going on, God? I just start I'm like, what is going on, God? Like, why am I feeling like this? And he answered me. Mm. He said, You've traveled so far away from my presence that you can't even hear my voice. Mm. Wow. I quit. Wow. I called my best friend up, who was the uh, uh my man Jonathan Leak. Um, I called him up because and what what's so funny and so amazing about God is this was my man. He's my pastor's son, but this is my man. When I say my man, I'm we did everything together. But when I went off to college, we went on a long streak of not speaking. Mm-hmm. We weren't we didn't have any issues or anything like that. We just weren't talking. Yeah. So that whole time that I'm out in the nightlife, he was in church mm-hmm. praying. Wow. For his brother. Oh. <laughs> The whole time he said, wow. "Bro, I saw you." He was the first Ooh, person wow. I called. That's amazing. Yeah. That I said, "Bro, I need you to pray for me now, because right now I feel like I don't want to be here." Yeah, uh, I feel like I don't want to be here. And he immediately started praying for me. Mm-mm-mm. And I was in church that same Sunday, and here Glory we are to today, God, bro. Wow. Glory to God, and I mean, man. it just it. When you talk about bondage, man, mm-hmm. I know what that feels like. Mm. I know what it feels like to make decisions knowing that what you're doing is wrong. Every day I walked into that strip club and saw a young lady dancing. Yeah. I knew it was wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I knew it was wrong. Oh my gosh. But I'm like, man, yeah. I just block it out. You become numb to it. Mm. And when you become numb to sin, yeah. Oof. Yeah. It's a bad place. Yeah. yeah. It's a very bad place. Jesus. Man. Wow. 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 So wait. So all right. What would you uh because we we were just having this convo, like going to a nightclub, I don't even know if this is where the convo goes right now. Like I'm I'm almost crying, but Bruh, I'm telling you. I don't. I guess I don't want people to feel like uh, going to a nightclub or having a good time is inherently bad, but it does seem like you're saying um, the strip club in particular is a place where it's like it's almost it's almost no it's no blurred line no, there. It's not like at all. this it's, is this is not a 
this it's is the not devil's the place playground, to go man. Hang yeah. out. It's the devil's playground, okay. and and that's what God showed me. It's literally the devil's playground. Every vice, every like, I really felt like I was in Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. Every vice, every superfluity, every issue of the flesh was there. I saw it firsthand with my own two eyes. Yeah, whether it was uh, prostitution, mm-hmm. whether it was drug dealing, drug using. Um, as a Christian, I truly believe in my hearts of hearts that you should not be in a strip club mm-hmm. yeah. and you should not because we all know that once you become saved, there's a target on your back mm-hmm. and the enemy will stop at nothing to destroy you and the anointing that God has placed on your life. Yeah. And as a Christian, I truly, especially in times as this, I truly believe you have to be very vigilant. Mm-hmm. in where you allow yourself to go. Mm-hmm. I'll say wow. that. Yeah. Wow. You know, I definitely think that no Christian should be in a strip club at all. Yeah. Um because you you're enticing yourself. Yeah. I mean, we're flesh. Right. And I don't it doesn't matter how saved you are. Right. Yeah. You're flesh. And if you go around what you like, yeah. that God delivered you from, mm-hmm. you're going to bite the apple. Right. Wow. Mm-hmm. I love I love how you made that point like it's not inherently bad but the atmosphere absolutely is set is completely set up the table Mm -hmm. is set for you yes absolutely which is why for me and people you know will probably laugh but you will never catch me in a club and you will never catch me in that type of atmosphere because i know what's going on behind the scenes now wow you know, mm-hmm. and because I know what's going on. Well, wait, behind, wait, wait, just let me slow yeah, you sure. down. Like when yeah. you say what's going on behind the scenes, yep. just so that you know, it's, spiritually, it's, yep, what absolutely. Do you mean by that, um, because this is the thing: when you go to a club, you're going there to have a good time. You're going there to unwind. Usually, there'll be drinks involved. Mm-hmm. One drink, two drinks, whatever your thing is. Satan always uses your eyes as the gateway to your soul. Mm-hmm. He's going to entice you by what you see mm. to wow. get you. He might not get you right then. Yeah. Might not get you the first time. Might not get you the second time. But sooner or later, what you've seen is going to make an impact on what you do. Right. Mm-hmm. Which right. is why, for me, I try to limit what my eyes see when I try to limit what I see. That God has brought me from, if that makes sense. Yeah, that okay. makes perfect sense. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. so I try my best not to look at my past or do anything or associate with anything from my past because that's just a gateway for the enemy to pull me back. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying people can't go out and have a good time. Me and my wife, we go out all the time and we have good times at different places that play music. But for me, I'm just not going to allow myself to be put back in those scenarios because I know what it does for me. Yeah. See, when I go to a club, I'm not looking at it like, oh, we going to unwind and have fun. I'm going to go into the club. The first thing I'm going to look at is what that sign It's a sign that says max occupancy. Mm-hmm. So my mind starts going on like, oh, man, 500 people can fit in here. Ladies free all night. <laughs> I can $20. You know, that's mm-hmm. just how I'm, I'm a numbers guy. Yeah. So it's like, oh, eat. I sometimes I have to knock myself in the head because even when I go in little restaurants, I'm like, dang, we could do a little nonprofit event in here. You know, this is like, you know, this is nice. But, you know, the the fact of the matter is, man, this, when you get saved, man, there is, there is an awakening. Mm -hmm. 
and you know the difference between right and wrong. Mm. Not saying that when you're not saved, you don't know the difference between right and wrong, but when you're saved, your spirit won't allow you to juggle with not knowing. Mm -hmm. Not knowing is no longer an excuse when you save because God always provides an answer and he always lets you know when you're right or when you're wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, we tussle with it a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, we really do. We tussle with it a lot, but really we know when it's wrong and we know when it's right. And it's like, for me, I just know me stepping into a club is going to be wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be wrong because the enemy is going to use that to try to lure me back in in some way, shape, form, or fashion. And, 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 And people have done it all the time like people ask like try to ask me consulting advice you yeah. know about clubs well could you just come by and just check it out and you know let me know what you think i should do nah mm-hmm. wow nah. it reminds nah. me of that scripture that says like uh with every temptation god provides a way out absolutely yeah. you know, like, absolutely so yeah. you will be tempted but absolutely. it's like absolutely that, that and not right to put them out there look so i got saved right <laughs> uh-huh. so i got saved i um and it was crazy because when i got saved <laughs> Not to put him out there, but to put him yeah, out I'm a, there. Yeah, absolutely. I got to. He's my man. He's going to love me for it. So, because I know he's going to hit a podcast. Um, so, I got saved, and I put it out there on Instagram, because I, I have a, a, a following on um, social media. So, I put mm. it out there. I'm like, listen, I'm no longer involved in the nightlife industry. I'm saved. You know, I'm wow. throwing in a towel, everything. And I mean, wow. it was like a, 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 a outpour. Like, wow. I mean, literally one of those joints where you get like 600 likes. 150 comments uh, like mm. i mean it was big like it was it was big so everybody knew what time it was with me because like i said anything going on in the dmv i was a part of it whether yeah. it was music wow. blogs radio like anything entertainment i was involved in it in mm. some way shape form or fashion so um i got saved i was walking with god and everything like that and like i said me and sheldon we're really getting money together. Like, mm-hmm. that's my guy. But, like, we were getting some real money together. Mm-hmm. And um, we had did, this was before I had got saved, we had did a, uh, a um, Cinco de Mayo party. Okay. Right? Yeah. At the same spot that we did the cookout at. But this time, Cinco de Mayo, we brought the big screen out. So we had the, um, <laughs> the projector screen. We had the projector screen out, yeah. grill food, the whole nine yards. So we made some money. The following year rolls around, uh-huh. right? I'm saved now, though. Yeah. <laughs> so he hits me up. He like, yo, bro, I know you saved. You know what I'm saying? We about to do the party again. I don't need you to promote it. I just want you to just work the door. Mm. Like, just work the door, and we'll, you know, we we we'll get you some kickback off the door. Because one thing about me at all my parties, I was at the door. And okay. The reason why I was at the door is because I need to see the cash. I need to see <laughs> how much we making. Yeah, and they just liked my business acumen. Mm. So, device of the enemy, he like, well, look, man, you know, you ain't got to promote it. You ain't got to do nothing. Just mm-hmm. do the door because yeah. I, I know you're gonna upcharge. I know you're gonna look in the cars and be like, oh, it's five of y'all. I need one fifty, mm-hmm. and they're not gonna hesitate to give it to you. And I don't want to have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. But I was like, all right, cool. I was like, let me get back to you. And I was contemplating. I'm like, well, God, I, you know, I ain't promoting it. I'm just there. <laughs> All I had come from among them. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Ah. From among them. Yeah. Be ye saved. Yeah. Be clean. Come from among them. There Jeez. is no association. Yeah. You between- know, man, just listening to you talk, mm. it's like 
the word kept speaking back to you. <laughs> yeah, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like his word was in you. Yes. And it just like every time you get into a situation, yes. his word is what you would hear. Yes. You know. Yes, and it's and it and it was it was <sighs> it was real and transparent. And I thank God for giving me the room during that time to learn from trial and error. Because the fact of the matter is this, man. What I learned later on in my life, even through that, is the word is always with us. Yeah. But it's on us to make the right decision. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. God is a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on you. Mm-hmm. Because then it wouldn't be genuine. Anything yeah. that's forced is not genuine. Mm-hmm. I'm just doing it because you told me to or because you asked me to. But when it's genuine... You don't have to tell me to come from among them. Yeah. I don't want to do anything that's going to cause your presence to not be in my life. Yeah, that's, that's wow. Powerful. And that's where I'm at now with God. It's like, God, I don't want to do anything personally. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. because the Bible say don't do it, which I know that's why I shouldn't do it. But because I'm so personal with you now, mm. I don't want to do anything that is going to jeopardize the level of intimacy that you and I have right now. Just like in a marriage with your wife. <sighs> You don't want to do anything that's going to jeopardize your situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you may go to Wegmans and Shorty may be fat. She may be a red bone. She may be looking at you. Yeah. But you're like, I'm not going to do anything to jeopardize what I have. Why? Because it is going to throw off the entire prophecy yeah. of my life. Right. Period. Yeah. Bro, just listen yeah. to I'm just laughing because he said Wegmans. Wegmans. That's what it is. They are trying to get you in Wegmans, Wegmans man. Man. I notice I ain't say shoppers or Safeway, but Wegmans. But I just love how you how you're making that point. Like like sin comes with the cost of his presence, you know, not having his presence. And it reminds me of that scripture. We hear it all the time, but it's like the wages of sin is, is death. death. Yes. Right. And death is really that disconnection. Yes, it's a, it's yes, a it is. Total disconnection from God. Yes, it is. Spiritually. Yes, you know, it is. So we, we think about like, oh, physical death. Like if I sin, I'm going to die. But that's not what he's talking about. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. it's a total disconnection from God. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so I love the fact that you like made that point for one, because even when we look at like Ephesians 4, like Paul talks about, he says like, if you live a certain lifestyle, you eventually are just cut off from the life Absolutely. of God. Absolutely. You know, the life that God provides. You, you get cut off from it from a certain lifestyle. That you Absolutely. So it just drives that point home. And I felt like I was close to that point. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to just be honest, like when you feel like his presence isn't there, it's 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 a um, it's a very scary place. I'll mm-hmm. say that because, like I said, just looking back on it, I can remember nights, you know, when certain things were happening around me, but it, it didn't come my dwelling. Mm-hmm. It did not. Wow. I mean, there were there were shootings, there were stabbings, different things like that that were literally going on around me mm-hmm. but it didn't it, it didn't come my way so i just I, I really i thank god for that and you know i just encourage people to really just when god is speaking be in tune you know and, yeah. in, and in being in tune don't be afraid to step out on faith a lot of times people always say stepping out on faith means leaving leaving your job to start your own business i don't, I don't know <laughs> it's associated I don't know why, but, you wow. know but stepping out that's on real. faith yeah, yeah you know that. always right yeah. think about it, always step out but, on faith man, yeah, man yeah. Nah. but stepping out on faith is really having the wherewithal within yourself to be able to say okay god you told me no on what i want mm-hmm. so i'm just gonna follow you and mm. trust you and know that what you got for me is way better than what I had over here. Because I thought I was making money over there. Mm-hmm. I done seen some things on the save side that make that look like nothing. Mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm able to 
sleep comfortably at night. Your conscience is clear. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm able to still be who I am in him, but now everything that I do is to glorify and edify him. And there's yeah. a level of peace and there's a level of intimacy with him that I didn't have there. And I just don't want to do anything that would jeopardize the intimacy that him and I have, man. The spirit that when you have the spirit of the Lord and it just comes upon you, whether it's through worship or whether it's through just communion with him, man, mm. you don't want to lose that. Yes, sir. Yeah. Man, well, this is this has been an amazing uh talk. Uh I feel like we could talk for hours more. Yeah, I'm struggling with that thought. Yeah. I was like, yo, I'll I guess we should stop, but I yeah. don't want to stop. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's good stuff. <laughs> but man. I, uh, I guess flow in this element. Yeah. yeah. So good now, man. I mean, another addition to the story is that you are ordained minister now, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Ordained minister. I've been an ordained minister now for three years. I've been married for two. Mm -hmm. um, and now more than anything, I'm really, really working towards the trying to reach the population that I know God has called me to. Yeah. And it all comes full circle now as to why I was where I was. Because mm -hmm. um, what the enemy meant for bad, mm -hmm. God turned around for my good yes, in the sir. sense that where I come from and where I've came from has given me the platform and the opportunity to be able to reach that type of demographic that mm -hmm. some people may not be able to reach, right. mm -hmm. you know. Um, yes, I am an ordained minister, but my home is not behind the pulpit. Mm -hmm. My home is with God's people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like to be out in the street. Mm -hmm. I can have church on the corner. Mm -hmm. I don't need a pulpit. I really don't like being behind the pulpit, <laughs> but I'll do it. Yeah. But ultimately, the uh, beginnings and even the end that I had in the nightlife industry has really given me the opportunity to be able to break those barriers. Like I can speak to people like prime example, when I did get saved and I really started walking with Christ, a young lady that was a dancer at, at stadium, she came to the church and she got saved, mm. you know, wow. she got freed. And I, and I saw wow. her being loosed yes. of everything that she had been battling with. And it Jesus. just showed me like, this is what I called you for. Mm. These are the people mm. who I need you to go after because everybody can't talk to that population. Right. Yeah. The drug dealers, the strippers, the 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 misguided youth, because truth of the matter is some people may not want to, or they may just not be in tune with those people. Mm -hmm. Right. You yeah. know, and you can't really reach those people. You know, think about it. When Jesus hit the scene, he was with the taxpayers, mm. excuse me, the tax collectors. And mm -hmm. the people who were despised by the common people. He said, I didn't come to heal those that are healed. I came right. to heal the sick. Right. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And I truly feel that God has called me to a population of people that were that have really been written off. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say by the church. I'll say by people who'd be who should be servicing them mm. and helping them. I you know, yeah. because the fact of the matter that. is you can hand out tracks at Subway, yeah. You know, and at McDonald's, but what about the people that's coming out of the club late at night that's drunk? Yeah, and they really only drunk there because they're trying to mask their pain. Yeah, mm -hmm. or the young lady who's on the pole because she's mm -hmm. trying to find a better way out, but now she's in spiritual bondage. Yeah, coupled with materialism, mm -hmm. coupled with her interior and exterior issues that she has with herself. 
Now you're dealing with four or five, six different demons, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Really, that's a ministry in itself and where people should be going. You know, you want to bring people into the storehouse, bring people into the storehouse. But the truth of the matter is, in order to bring anybody into the storehouse, they got to know where your storehouse is. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I don't mean a building. I'm talking about your God. Mm -hmm. And you yeah. got to take your God with you to those people. So right now I'm working on an initiative. Um, I haven't really been talking about it to anybody, but... Um, I want to get a, to everybody. Yeah, <laughs> shameless plug. <laughs> but you know, um, I really want to to um, get a prayer bus. Um, I want to get a bus. I want to wrap it. Um, and one thing I used to always do at a lot of the nightclubs, I just would pull up. Mm -hmm. You know, I was I always called myself the pull up king because I would pull up. You know, see what's going on at the parties, throw out a couple flies, go to the next let out. So yeah. what I really want to do, man, and I mean it has to be with people that are going to be girded, you know, and really take this serious because this is is going in uncharted territory. Mm -hmm. uh, but I want to get a bus, man, and I want to go to some of these let outs. Pass mm. out tracks, pass out flyers for church services or whatever. And those that need prayer, prayer. we're going to pray yeah. with them right then and there. Oh, and man. I guarantee you the Bro, first time amazing. that we do it, it's going to be a ripple effect. Yeah. Because we are literally going to, for lack of better words, crack hell wide open. Yeah. I want to be on that bus. Yeah, bro. Like, yeah. I mean, and, 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 I've, and I've been sitting on this vision for the right season. Mm -hmm. I'll say that, wow. you know, because God gave me this vision a long time ago. And I was just like, wow, God, yeah. like that's uncharted territory. Mm -hmm. Nobody's doing it. And I think that we would shake up the world. Mm. I do. I really wow. do. In Jesus name. Wow. Yeah, I really do. Wow. You know, somebody, somebody would be saved. Somebody would be loosed, mm -hmm. you know, and people would see that and it would cause them mm -hmm. to ask the question that they say about in the Bible. What must I do to be saved? Mm. Yeah, mm -mm. yeah, man. Well, yeah, uh, y'all, y'all stay tuned to uh, everything that Kev got going on. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say like, how can how can people find you? You know, um, so I'm heavy on Instagram. Um, distinguished Kev, distinguished K E V um, on Instagram. We have a power prayer line every single Monday at six thirty p.m. I lead that. Uh, you can catch me at the Lighthouse Pentecostal Church every Sunday at eight thirty a.m. 11064 Cornette Street, Fort Washington, Maryland, unit number G. Um, and yeah, I, I'm around Marcus. I'm around <laughs> Jason. You know, Tuesdays we have Bible study. Um, yeah. I'm actually leading this Tuesday, so I'm excited uh, about that. Bet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man. Um, you welcome you back anytime. Oh, bro. absolutely, anytime. man. Come absolutely. Through. And I'm an avid follower of the podcast anyway. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. It's, been a, it's really been a blessing, and we, I appreciate you guys. Appreciate it, man. All right, y'all. Well, uh, let us know your feedback, any questions uh, that you may have about the episode, uh, anything in general. And we just appreciate you guys. We recently yeah. hit over 10,000 uh, listen, total yeah. listens. So that's awesome. We really thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's it. it. Later. Peace. <laughs> Thank you guys for checking out this episode of the Word in the World podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and repost with the hashtag, the Word X the World podcast. Also, we'd love to hear from you, so please send your questions, comments, praise reports, and testimonies, basically any and everything. We just want to talk to you guys. Send everything to contact us at thewordxtheworld.com. Have a great week, and be sure to check out next week's episode. Peace.